The Cardinals make another addition to the 40-man roster. We've got the latest info on the Cardinals' search for a catcher. Plus, we have our season review of Tommy Edmond. Do the Cardinals really need a shortstop? Let's get into it. This is Locked on Cardinals. You are Locked on Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Cardinals fans. I'm J.D. and I'm a national radio sports anchor, born and raised in the Lou and a lifetime Cardinals fan. And I'm your host for Locked on Cardinals, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, covering your team every day. You can follow me on Twitter at J.D. Sports Radio. Follow the podcast at LO underscore Cardinals. I want to thank those of you who make Locked on Cardinals your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Also available on YouTube, be sure to like and subscribe and comment so you can interact with us. Hit that notification button so you know when new episodes are posted. And if you like what you see, make sure you hit that like button on the YouTube videos as well. Helps the channel get dispersed out amongst other Cardinal fans uh, around the world. This is a show serving Cardinal Nation and giving the best fans in baseball all of the info about the birds on the bat. So in the wake of Yadier Molina's retirement, the Cardinals have a needed catcher for the first time in nearly two decades. Top catching prospect Ivan Herrera got a short look in the majors last year, but he's 22 years old. And by all accounts, the front office thinks that he needs a little bit more seasoning, right? So it's more likely that St. Louis will find its opening day catcher either through free agency or by making a trade. Now, both avenues are options for the Cardinals, who have some payroll flexibility and a pretty deep farm system right now. The best offensive catcher on the market is someone the Cardinals are very familiar with. He used to play for the Cubs. You know him. I know him. We kind of like him. Wilson Contreras, three-time All-Star, coming off a season where he recorded a 128 OPS plus for the rival Cubbies. He got 22 home runs, and he did it, and not a full season because he had some injury issues this past year. So, um Defensive limitations, that is something that has been kicked around as a a reason why Contreras may not be the greatest fit. However, according to Katie Wu of The Athletic, if the Cardinals were to sign Contreras, it would likely exhaust the remainder of their payroll reserved for free agents. Now, if St. Louis decides to not sign Contreras or Christian Vasquez or Tucker Barnhart, also a name that people have been talking about on a shorter-term deal, It could turn its attention to the trade market where the Oakland A's Sean Murphy remains a a popular target and in a lot of people's eyes, the number one target. Other teams want this guy. We know this, at least according to uh, MLB.com's John Paul Morosi, at least a half dozen teams, including the Cardinals, are interested in the services of Sean Murphy. He's 28 years old at a 120 OPS plus this past season, is a plus defensive catcher, has three years of team control remaining. And Morosi says this, I'm quoting from uh, the MLB.com article here, the Cardinals definitely have the depth to make a trade happen, but it's too early in the offseason to accurately predict just how high the A's will make Murphy's trade value. And that's kind of been what we're worried about right now. It's been kind of the argument, and I don't want to really say argument, but it's kind of been the the main topic of discussion, okay? We're not yelling at each other when we talk about this. This is a, a discussion on this show. And uh, in the comments section on other videos we've had on YouTube, a lot of you guys have gone back and forth with your thoughts about what you think is the best thing to do. Who should we trade? Who shouldn't we trade? Who we should sign? And that's the fun about the offseason of baseball, right? What is too much to get Murphy? 
nobody seems to have an issue with wanting Sean Murphy. I think 99% of the fans out there I've seen would love Sean Murphy to be in a Cardinals uniform. But at what point is the price too steep? That's the question we have to ask. Now, on one side of the coin, I'm going to I'm gonna pull out some, um, some quotes here from some of you guys who have dropped comments on the YouTube videos. Uh, Maverick Wagner says, trade his ass. <laughs> this is talking about Mason Wynn here. Trade his ass. When's the last time we've had a highly touted prospect pan out? It's like they have PTSD from trading Sandy to the Marlins. Now, of course, when we say Sandy, he's referring to the move in 2017 when the Cardinals traded Sandy Alcantara, who at the time was the ninth-ranked prospect in the system. Okay, and a lot of people could Sandy's gone on, obviously, to have a great career. Uh, Cy Young voting going on tonight. I'm recording this before it's been announced, so I don't know if he's won the Cy Young just yet, but a lot of people think he will. But he was the ninth-ranked prospect. It's not like he was one, two, three, four. He wasn't even top five. He was the ninth at the time. The top, the highest prospect in this deal that they made in this deal there it was not Sandy Alcantara, and it wasn't Zach Gallen either. It was number six prospect outfielder Magna Sierra. You remember him? Little guy, a lot of speed. He was number six. Gallon was number 13, and then they also threw in a guy named Daniel Castano. All of those guys went to the Marlins for Marcelo Ozuna. Now, that year, 2017, the Cardinals wanted a bat, and they wanted a bat badly. They really wanted Giancarlo Stanton, if you remember, but Stanton said no. He vetoed the trade, did not want to go to St. Louis, and wanted to go to New York instead. Then the Cardinals asked the Marlins about Christian Yelich, and they were told they were not going to move Yelich. They lied because they ended up trading him <laughs> to the Milwaukee Brewers in the division. And then he went on to have MVP caliber seasons before he hurt his knee. And uh, he's kind of, you know, not done so well ever since then. But so it was Ozuna who they had to kind of settle for. But here's the guy they were trading for at the time. Ozuna wasn't some scrub, all right? He just won a gold glove, if you can believe that, because we saw how terrible he was at defense in St. Louis. He was an all-star. He was a silver slugger winner in 2017. The guy hit 312, 37 bombs, and 124 RBIs. So it's not like they traded Alcantara, Sierra, Gallen, and Castano for Dexter Fowler, like somebody we knew wasn't all that great. They traded these guys for what they thought was going to be that superstar bat that they needed in their lineup. And he just didn't find the same success with the Cardinals, plain and simple. Uh, he won another Silver Slugger Award during the COVID season, but unfortunately that was after he'd already left St. Louis and signed with the Braves. Then you've got fans like uh, Yuri Kurto, who says, Mason Wynn has the potential to turn into an all-time homegrown Cardinal great. That potential commodity value is way higher for Wynn than it is Murphy, not to mention Wynn has the talent to eventually outpace Murphy as a player. There are some people who do believe that Mason Wynn is a superstar in the making. What I want to reiterate here is what Sully and I talked about in last night's show. If the mentality is win now, like right now, then you have to do what needs to be done to satisfy that particular mentality. Patching up holes in the team with just guys isn't going to push this team to a championship. It's just not. You have to add legit pieces, and you can do that right now, but you will have to sacrifice a bit of the future to make that happen. And it's why I was a proponent of just spending money when the offseason began. You've got the cash. Go get Contreras and Rodon 
or a Turner or a Correa. Go get them. Go pay them. Whichever combination of those you see fit, go do it. That way you don't sacrifice your prospects to try and win now because if it doesn't work, then you don't have the youngsters coming up to replace that talent if you trade them away, you know? But if financially that isn't feasible, and we don't know what the Cardinals are willing to spend just yet, then you have to dip into the prospect pool to get the difference makers that bring you up to that championship level that you want. The Cardinals have been competing. They've been winning. They've been good. Don't you want them to be great? Isn't it time to be great? Isn't it time to go to that next level? You got two of the best players in all of baseball on your team already. If all you need is one or two more pieces to win a championship, why wouldn't you do that? That's my question. You can always replenish the farm system, you know? I mean, it's not like these are like dudes are like, oh my gosh, I can't believe they found the greatest baseball player of all time. No, they found really good prospects. We don't know if they're going to be great at the major league level yet. And the odds are against them. It's it's just the way it is. Not every top prospect ends up coming up to the major leagues and fulfilling the promise that they had in the minor leagues. Alex Reyes, uh, rest in peace, Oscar Tavares. We never got to see what he could do at the major league level in a full season or anything like that. But like Alex Reyes, I mean, think about that for a moment. All the talent in the world, number one right-hander in baseball, prospect-wise. And injuries, things happen. Didn't work out. We don't even know if he's going to be on the team next year. But you found these guys in drafts. That's why you pay scouts to go find new ones. That's how this whole thing works. And let me be honest, there's no wrong answer to what anybody is saying in the comments and, uh, you know, on Twitter or anything. Not one of your ideas that you've posted is wrong yet because we don't know. We don't know what's going to happen in the future. If we did, we would have told the Marlins to take a hike on that Ozuna trade back in 2017. Now, another option for the Cardinals is a trade with the Blue Jays, who could be willing to deal Danny Jansen or a 2022 All-Star Alejandro Kirk, given that they have top prospect Gabriel Moreno waiting in the wings. Again, it won't be cheap, but it's another way to go. The funny thing is, in a recent article on The Athletic, Jim Bowden did a, uh, a Q&A, and he got a question uh, about the Cardinals, and uh, they asked him you know, what they, what they thought about Jordan Walker's impact on what the Cardinals might do this offseason, and he kind of added a new wrinkle to this catching scenario. This is what Bowden says. The Cardinals are prioritizing the catching position, and we all know when they do that, it's only a matter of time before they land one. My best guess would be either Sean Murphy of the A's or Gabriel Moreno of the Blue Jays and what would be a huge prospect trade that would probably include one of the Cardinals outfielders. I think Walker is going to be National League Rookie of the Year in 2023. And I think St. Louis will look to sign a starting pitcher in free agency, perhaps bringing back Southpaw Jose Quintana. I have not heard that the Blue Jays are shopping Gabriel Moreno anywhere. This is the first time I've heard that the Cardinals will be trading for the prospect, which is putting the Blue Jays in this position to go ahead and trade either Alejandro Kirk or Jansen. Jim Bowden says Moreno could get moved. I don't know why the Cardinals would want another prospect to catcher if they like Yvonne Herrera and are looking for an already established starting catcher, but that's what he said. Uh, another hot topic has been the shortstop position, so I want to do a quick season review on Tommy Edmond. How does he compare to other shortstops in the league, and does the team actually need to upgrade that position? That's next on Locked on Cardinals. Now, if you've thought about securing your home, 
with home security. But you've been putting it off. You'll want to listen up to me right now because Locked on Cardinals listeners can order the number one rated Simply Safe home security system for 50% off. This is their biggest offer of the year, and you don't want to miss out on it. With the holiday season upon us, it's a fact that property crimes like burglaries and package theft spike nationally. So give your home and your family the security they need and deserve. Simply Safe was named the best home security system of 2022 by U.S. News and World Report. They've now been named that three years in a row. It's a three-peat for Simply Safe. In an emergency, 24-7 professional monitoring agents use Fast Protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe to capture critical evidence and verify the threat is real so you can get priority police response. Simply Safe is whole home security with advanced sensors for every single room, window, and door. HD security cameras for inside and out, smarter ways to detect that motion that will alert you when a threat is real, of course, and even hazard sensors for things like fires and floods and other threats to your home. And the 24-7 professional monitoring service costs less than a buck a day. You would think it's way more than that. It's not. It's less than a dollar a day, which is less than half the price of ADT's traditional professionally installed system. With the top-rated Simply Safe app, stay in complete control of your system anytime, anywhere. Armor disarm, unlock for a guest, access your cameras, or you can adjust your system settings. It's all there at the touch of a button. Don't miss your chance to save big on the only security system we recommend here at Locked On. Get 50% of any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB. Do that today. That's the smart thing to do. This is their biggest discount of the year. Don't wait. Don't let it pass you by. That's simplysafe.com locked on MLB. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Thanks for making Locked On Cardinals your first listen today. For your second listen, check out Locked On Sports today from the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports. Go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. In 2021, Tommy Edmond was a gold glove winning second baseman. He hit 262, had 11 home runs, 56 RBIs, 91 runs scored, 41 doubles, 30 stolen bases, OBP of 308 is OPS 695. That year, his 30 stolen bases were third among second basemen in the league behind Whit Merrifield and Trey Turner, who's a free agent, by the way. Uh, Turner, though, second baseman that year. Remember, they had Seager at shortstop for the Dodgers, so Turner was playing second. Uh, his 41 doubles were second only to Whit Merrifield in all of baseball. So pretty solid stuff. In 2022, Tommy Edmond did not win a gold glove. And it's not because he regressed or did anything wrong. It's because he had to play two positions. He played second base and shortstop this year, appeared in 89 games at second, 80 at shortstop, but played more innings at shortstop, 622 total, compared to 614 and two-thirds at second base. And he played gold glove caliber defense at both positions. He was outstanding. His offensive numbers, 265 average, 13 home runs, 57 RBIs, 95 runs scored, 32 stolen bases, 31 doubles. His OBP went up to 324. His OPS up to 725. Doubles are the only stat that went down at all. But then he added two more home runs, and he added one more triple. He also walked eight times. And this is in 61 less plate appearances. Just throwing that out there. Tommy Edmond is a very good shortstop. I repeat, Tommy Edmond is a very good shortstop. But he is a great I dare say elite second baseman. And let me show you why. On MLB stats, 
he is listed as a second baseman. So let's compare his offensive numbers to the shortstop. Okay. The other shortstops in the league is 31 doubles tied for fifth, 32 stolen bases would be second. His batting average ninth home runs, which is not his game. We know that still a respectable top 15. His 95 runs scored will be fourth. His OBP 10th His OPS 10th. Nothing wrong with those numbers whatsoever, right? Do the Cardinals really need to upgrade this position? And I think that's what the Cardinals front office is asking itself, not to necessarily be cheap, but it's just good business. All right. You're going to have to pay one of these top shortstops that are free agents right now between 30 and 35 million a year, according to most estimates. And Tommy Edmond is giving you all of that production that I just mentioned, and he's doing it for an estimated $2.3 million. That's quite the discount, right? So let's go look how Tommy ranks against second baseman then. All right. All those numbers are pretty darn good at shortstop. At second base, they're even better. Fourth in doubles, second in stolen bases, batting average, fifth. His home runs, ninth. RBIs, 11th. Run scored, third. OBP, sixth. OPS, seventh. He is a really good shortstop. But man, you put his offensive numbers with already the gold glove defense, which he's top of the game at either position. He's right there. You put his numbers as a second baseman. And this is why a lot of people think you should go get one of the big name shortstops and move Edmund back to second. Then you have Gorman be a DH or trade bait. And then Donovan as your super utility guy. And to that idea, I say, yes, I love it. I think that's a great idea. But does the front office feel the same way as we do? They got Edmund at a rated shortstop. Then you've got Gorman and Donovan who don't cost anything. They're super cheap because they were both rookies this past year. The front office is saying, why should I go pay more for another middle infielder when I've got these three guys right here? And I see the logic in that as well. And I'm fine with that if they decide to allocate the extra money that they told us they had that they were going to use to push that payroll up. If they decide to use that on a top-end starting pitcher, bullpen pieces, an outfielder, a DH, whatever they deem as the biggest necessity to use it on. But don't, don't be done with it. Don't burn it on someone like Dexter Fowler. That's, that's what they did, and we all knew that he wasn't worth that contract. We knew that was a bad idea, but the Cardinals got desperate. They panicked. We have to get a leadoff hitter. Dexter just won a, a championship with the Cubs. Let's get him. And just threw money at him, and it was a bad business decision. Don't burn it like he did in bullpen like uh, Brett Cecil. Remember that guy? That was a joke of a deal. Even the Andrew Miller deal, bit of a head scratcher to me when that happened because he was clearly not the guy from a couple years before that who threw all of the innings in Cleveland during their World Series run. And they were paying him $12.5 million a year. Was he really worth that at that point in his career? No, not at all. But they panicked. They were like, we need a left-hander. Here's money. That's not smart business. So don't just spend it to spend it. There are really good players out there, legit top-of-the-line shortstops that have very little risk. Dansby Swanson's like the only one that I'm kind of like, eh, I don't, I'm not really that high on him. I think he's a fine shortstop, but I don't put him up into 
the upper echelon as I do guys like Turner, Correa, Bogarts. I think they're above him. But use it on them, or if the deals for Murphy and Kirk fall through, you've got Contreras. But imagine this infield. Just, just close your eyes real quick and imagine this infield with me. Nolan Arenado at third base. Carlos Correa, Trey Turner, or Xander Bogarts at shortstop. Tommy Edmond at second base. Paul Goldschmidt over at first base. Then Sean Murphy catching. I mean, holy crap. How good is that right there? How good is that infield and that catching position? Then you worry about the outfield later. All right, you've got some pieces there. You got guys who were hurt last year and you figure all that out. But you've got outfielders that you can work with. Jordan Walker could be coming up. O'Neal in left, Gold Glover. Carlson still doing his thing in center. Hopefully he has a bounce back here. Lars Newbar in right field. You've got Juan Yepes, Alec Burleson. You've got all you've got options in the outfield. All right. I'm not concerned about that. And there aren't any free agents besides Aaron Judge that are really all that special to, to sign and put out in the outfield anyway. But you can do it at shortstop. We'll have to wait and see what happens. The Cardinals did make another addition to the 40-man roster. I'll tell you about it next on Locked on Cardinals. But first, betonline.net. That would be your number one source for sports betting information. We're talking stats and news and analysis. You get the latest odds and the trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, got it all at betonline.net. Always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Uh, the NFL games will start up again tomorrow night. Set to go. What is this, week 11 we're up to? My Packers. Ooh, my Packers upset into the Cowboys last week. Now they're all feeling really good about themselves. In fact, I saw Aaron Rodgers actually smiling on the Pat McAfee show this week. Smiling and laughing and actually enjoying life as the highest-paid quarterback in the NFL. They're going to be hosting uh, Derrick Henry and the Tennessee Titans on Thursday night. And as of right now, the Packers are favorites. They were three-point favorites the last time I checked. So um, if you believe in what Aaron Rodgers and the Packers did uh, against the Cowboys last week, put some money on them. You think it was fake? You think Tennessee and Derrick Henry could run right over them? They got Ryan Tannehill back. If you think that defense can um, do some damage against the Packers, and they've been pretty good this year, put some money on the Titans. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. Now, this shouldn't be much of a surprise, but uh, the Cardinals have a left-handed prospect, Connor Thomas. They added him. Connor Thomas has been added to the 40-man roster. 24 years old. We've talked about him on this show before. Just got named the Arizona Fall League Pitcher of the Year after leading the Elite Fall League with 34 strikeouts and in six starts, sporting a sparkling 1.75 ERA in 25 and two-thirds innings for the Salt River Rafters after struggling in Memphis for most of the year. So what changed? We've talked about this before, but if you're just joining us, he ended up adding something to get right-handers out more consistently in the Fall League, and he got this advice from former Cardinals pitching coach Mike Maddox and from Cardinals Hall of Famer Jason Isringhouse, and they told him, you know what? Maybe you should develop a cut fastball. So we did, and boy, oh boy, were the numbers dramatically improved. Derek Gould from the Post-Dispatch says that the uh, success this fall has elevated him to a spot on the Cardinals depth chart as a possible lefty reliever or a long reliever, and he'll come to spring training as part of the Major League roster. So congratulations to Connor Thomas, who 
if he didn't do what he did in the Arizona Fall League, I don't know if he's around much longer. But he figured something out. And I think it's really cool that somebody who's not 6'5", 240, throwing 100 miles an hour has success like he did in the Arizona Fall League. You know, Connor Thomas is, what, 5'11"? <laughs> he's just a normal average dude, but left-handed, figured out a pitch that is able to get those right-handers out. And sky's the limit for him now, now that he's figured this out. So an another piece that could be on the roster this year, you could trade him. Uh, again, all of these prospects are assets that you can use to go get bigger pieces for that championship puzzle. Like the idea that you have to hang on to all these prospects is, is ridiculous because not all of them are going to pan out. Of course, you'd want them to, you know, <laughs> but every year you get to go and redraft new dudes, right? You just replenish the farm system. You just keep it churning, churning and burning. That's what you do. And you use the, uh, the scouting that has been so good the last couple of years. You use that to get other pieces that will bring home a title to St. Louis because it's time. It's time. You've got enough guys in place that you're set and you just got to add those extra ones to it. And I think you're ready to go. I mean, they were in the playoffs again. They haven't gotten past the first round three years. <laughs> We've got something's got to change, right? They go out and get Arnado. We have this magical year from pools, but now we got to figure it all out again. And th there's guys out there that can make a difference. And I hope they do it. I really hope they do it. Thanks for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen today. For your next listen, check out the Locked on Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. Hey, before we sign off today, I do want to give you guys all a, a shout out to, uh, to those of you who have been listening and watching. I love how this Locked on Cardinals community is growing. I see legit reasoning and discussions in our comments on YouTube. And if, if you're just a podcast listener, I highly recommend that you get involved and subscribe on YouTube to the channel. It's free. It's not going to cost you anything. And then feel free to debate with the rest of the fans on here about what you think the Cardinals should do. If you're John Mosellock, what are you doing? Who are you signing? Who are you trading? What's the next move? Be a part of it all on the uh, YouTube channel as well. As always, be sure to like and subscribe on YouTube. Follow on Twitter at LO underscore Cardinals and at JD Sports Radio. You're the best fans in baseball for a reason, and I'll see you next time on Locked on Cardinals.